0: Welcome to Concession Impressions. We're still, we're stuck at Universal City Walk and we're doing another movie here. So again, just like last week, pardon the extra noise this week. My name is Michelangelo and as always, I am joined with me, Charles. Nice. All right. See, already we're starting off on a better foot than last week. I feel like last week was just so jumbled and chaotic. Yeah. So we are going to be reviewing yet another film on this podcast, Concession Impressions, where we review films right after we watch them. Today we've watched See How They Run. Let's just quickly jump into See It, Don't See It. Oh, actually, hold on. Before we get into that, let's get into a summary of the film. The movie is about a It's a satirical who done it. Yeah, it's a murder mystery who done it about a director who is trying to adapt a stage play into a motion picture that gets murdered and the police try to solve the murder about who would murder this person. Who did it? Who done it?
1: Specifically, they're trying to adapt The Mouse Trap. Agatha Christie's.
0: And I guess, is it actually? An, I actually haven't read that one. I haven't either, but I'm pretty sure it is
1: one of hers. Yes. She wrote a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Agatha Christie novel who, if you don't know who Agatha Christie is, like almost the master of whodunits. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So now, Chase, tell me, tell me, would you recommend someone to watch this film?
1: Yeah. I thought it was a good time. I enjoyed it. There was a little bit of a, like, lull in the middle, but, like, overall, solid film. Had some fun moments. Mm -hmm. Not, like, super memorable. Especially, like there are some great movies in the satirical who done it category like yeah. murder by death is what i was thinking of murder by death is great clue is great i mean i guess sort of um knives out is a satirical who done it that's pretty good too
0: yeah i completely agree it's like a satirical movie who done it i think mm. it did a good job uh, i mean an okay job and i don't think it's great by any means no, i think no, no. it is fun Solid, enjoyable. I think it's because I'm comparing it to the last like three or four movies we watched, what I think have been pretty terrible films. I think what, this. Is what a, are
1: the last three or four movies we watched?
0: Uh, we we watched Amsterdam. Uh huh. Don't worry, darling. Uh huh. Invitation. Uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If there's one in there, I forgot, but... Barbarian is good. Actually, yes. Barbarian, I think, has so far been, like, the best film that we've watched. Mm -hmm. Even though I technically ranked it lower than... No. But, yeah. I think, so far, I think that's maybe the best one. I think this one's also a good one. Especially since it's kind of very similar style to last week's episode, Amsterdam. I I would say. I think,
1: aesthetically, it has some similarities,
0: yeah, I feel like they both are like Wes Anderson inspired.
1: Yeah. They're they're formalist. I think this is slightly more formalist than the last one. Formalist is like, so there's kind of a scale between naturalism and the opposite of naturalism is formalism. Wes Anderson is like kind of up there with like the most formalist directors. Another example would be like Tim Burton and then anything in the German expressionism or early silent film days, all that where there's like a, a sheen of artifice. That's all formalism and then Uh naturalism is like the opposite of that where it's uh naturalistic (laughs) everything feels as real or sort of like a heightened reality at most you have somebody like spielberg who's like right in the middle gotcha
0: okay cool well to answer your my question actually just realized i didn't say it i would also recommend i would say that this was a fun time
1: yeah i think if you want to go see a movie this week go see this movie
0: yeah although i will say that it's kind of um a not a big release film i feel like it's been out only for like a week or two and i feel like the the amount of showings has is already really limited Mm -hmm. so i feel like by the time this comes out which is going to be two weeks from two weeks from time of recording this i feel like it's going to have very little showings but if i would say that if You know when it it comes out on streaming streaming or uh you know somewhere else you can find it then i would say it would be it's a fun night i would say you know like a friday night or maybe not like a some night after work just like put on a movie and you know
1: yeah this would be a solid streaming movie for me i think yeah you don't have to pay too much attention you can have it on in the background while you like clean your house
0: sure <laughs> you know that's, the, that's what I really like to do just enjoy my night by putting out a movie and then cleaning my place
1: right I but it's it's not a movie that like if you miss a few things you won't be able to like understand the ending which they literally mm-hmm. make a joke about in the
0: movie <laughs> yeah yeah so I have a few theories but I, I want let's, to let's just stop there really quickly and uh, hear a word from our sponsors when we didn't we we we, we have any sponsors but oh Just kidding. Anyways, let's take a break. After this, we'll go into the spoiler zone. Although sponsors. Now I'm sad. Sorry. (laughs) All right. All right. So we're back and let's get into the spoilers. Although, can I spoil one thing that is going to be to not spoil anything? Sure. Okay. So I don't want to, we kind of talked about it walking over to the microphone, like as if it was a a microphone was set up and we just kind of were walking towards it. Our mobile studio. Our our mobile studio. Yeah. So I kind of don't want to spoil the ending for this one because specifically in the end of the film, the whole movie breaks the fourth wall and looks at you the audience and says you've watched this case unravel don't ruin the movie for other people Mm. don't spoil it
1: i think that is an agatha christie like a thing stolen from an agatha christie movie possibly the mousetrap which i have not seen
0: Uh uh-huh i think the only agatha christie movie adaption i've watched is uh and then there were none so i don't think i've seen too many but i loved clue as a kid and uh i do love a who who done it kind of saying who done it is also a little fun as, as well
1: it's but. a fun genre like it that kind of died out because i think it, it did get very repetitive for a while mm-hmm. and we're sort of seeing a resurgence uh post knives out mm-hmm. um
0: we're even getting The Onion, which is going to be later this year.
1: Yeah, Glass Onion. Glass Onion?
0: I think it's Glass Onion. I believe... Is that a Beatles song? Is it? No, I'm just kidding. I, I think it reference? might be. May, it actually might be. But um, anyways, so I think that's true. It's kind of coming back a little bit. And I'm kind of glad because I do like them a little bit. But, um,
1: you know, it, it's it's pure entertainment as far as film genres go. And I feel like cinema right now is missing a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cinema is kind of taking itself a little too seriously Mm -hmm. as of late. Yeah. And I think films like Barbarian, See How They Run, uh, a film that we haven't reviewed but was also good, The Outfit, which came out earlier this year, are really just like harkening back to old school, classical, not like classic, classic Hollywood, but like just pure entertainment genre films.
0: The good old days, the early 2000s. Well, just- I would say
1: like the early
0: 70s. <laughs> okay. I do agree. And I think that it it is a fun time and that, you know... I don't know. I think movies are in a really weird spot right now with like, mm-hmm. especially with the pandemic. Cause I feel like every movie is saying like, Oh, like this movie was done during the pandemic. There's a reason to do it during the pandemic or like people either be like, Oh, this movie was done the pandemic because it was kind of hard to do or something like that. I feel like it's, I don't know. It's like a weird time from films, but mm-hmm. I feel like this one was just like, let's just have a little bit of a fun time and just like, that's it. It's nothing too crazy. It's not, it's, done well but like nothing to rave about of as in terms of like it's not the best film of the year probably or it shouldn't
1: be up for any awards or anything it's just a good time
0: yeah exactly
1: i sort of think almost because of the pandemic we are seeing a lot of these like smaller films by random directors that this is their like first feature yeah um, which is exactly this case yeah with like a smaller contained cast yeah uh in you know a few contained locations Mm hmm
0: um wait can i really quickly because you mentioned cast so i'm terrible with that i I love adrian adrian brody he's like one of my favorite actors so i liked him in this a lot he was
1: perfectly used in this i think he was
0: yeah especially going again going back to last week's episode with uh, such a a ensemble cast where most of them were used very poorly Mm -hmm. i think adrian brody was you know did a small-ish part in this film but he i think was used great it was
1: to great effect
0: yeah. yeah I, I forget the other the actor in the film. Is he the guy from Sam Rockwell? Possibly. i tar-
1: he was the vector.
0: Oh no, I meant the other actor. Edward Norton? Edward Norton. Knock off Edward Norton, you mean?
1: Sam Rockwell and Edward Norton do kind of run in a similar circle. But Sam Rockwell's actually, I think, a much better actor. <laughs>
0: well I, I i will say I, that i
1: edward I'm, norton is a great actor and he he does certain parts especially very unlikable parts extraordinarily well sam rockwell is just one of my favorite actors
0: i will say that most actors in this film i'm like other than adrian brody i'm like i know this person i can't put my finger on it i don't know their yeah. names i don't know i can't remember what other films they are but i've definitely seen them in other films and i definitely forgot their names
1: I think that is why uh, Adrian Brody was perfectly used in this because he was the main attraction for a lot of people, I'm sure, and he also
0: basically disappears. Well, I think we can. It's safe to say that he's the one that's murdered in the beginning. Yeah, because it. I will say that it's not really a spoiler. I would say because it happens immediately in the beginning. Right. And second, it's also in the trailer. Sure,
1: I haven't seen. I did. Oh, okay. I, I saw. I saw two thirds of the trailer so
0: I actually saw the trailer and then I forgot the movie started and I was like oh that's right Adrian Brody's in this this is me amazing I love Adrian Brody and then I was like wait that's right he's the one who dies so I was like dang it but he was he still like was in it a little mm. bit like you know, like his parts in the beginning and everything were still great. Did you also notice the cast? It had um, Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter in it Yes. as Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I I just couldn't. Her voice is great. I, I just I can't unsee slash hear Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter.
1: No, no, this entire cast. If you are familiar with any of the British acting. Elite. That's who this cast is.
0: Yeah, everyone... They're like a lot... Because, yeah, a lot of, like, kind of big British Mm -hmm. actors.
1: Like, the the actress who plays Monty Myrtle... I'm sorry. I'll have to look up their names, but...
0: Again, I don't remember... I forget all these uh, actors' names, but I just that that was she was the only one that i was like oh she's from harry potter she's moaning myrtle but because her voice i think and like acting style is like i don't know if it was just done that way on purpose but like it was it's almost the exact same character i felt like
1: i didn't think it was the exact same character but i i do think like
0: her like head movement and Mm -hmm. like her body movement her like awkwardness and her voice even everything was like felt just like moaning myrtle from harry potter
1: i just think that who that
0: that actress is a little bit maybe maybe i don't know it, oh here
1: she is shirley henderson uh-huh shirley henderson she's a big actress the woman who is the wife of the film producer is the sister in
0: could I say I have a theory? Sure. that I don't know if you thought this. I will say honestly that the twist in this film, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil anything, is that I actually kind of didn't see this the twist. I didn't maybe I'm dumb. Maybe that's why I like the, the who done it movies, but um I didn't really think I kind of caught on to who did it. Well, if
1: you do a who done it right, you shouldn't know because it's it's always going to be the person who you least expect because they're the person who has been hidden by the direction
0: yeah uh, and you know i know there's always like the red herrings and who done and everything yes. like that and i kind of was like oh, okay i can kind of think maybe it's not this person this person this person but at the same time it's like i always like watch a who done it with someone and then i'm like oh i didn't know who who was gonna be like even like knives out or anything like that and everyone ever, always afterwards like yeah i knew from the beginning and i'm like i don't are they lying to me or am i just like really i think they're probably lying because <laughs> i'm like i, I always like i don't i don't know like maybe i'm just too naive when i watch a movie that i'm just like oh i'm just gonna plug unplug my brain so i won't understand what's going on
1: there's no point in trying to guess that's that's not the fun the fun is not guessing the fun is having these like magic tricks revealed along the way along the way Mm -hmm. you know yeah so and also meeting all these great character actors and their weird ridiculous characters
0: yeah but one thing i I guess they kind of were joking about it, but do you think that this movie is the adaptation of the play? No, I thought that's what they were hinting at. That's a, that was the second twist ending. Is that actually this movie is oh, the I see what you're adaptation? Could be. I of mean, I the suppose play. there's a
1: reading of it that could be that way. Yeah, sure.
0: That's so why I read it. Sure. That kind of made it a little better to me because I was like, that's kind of.
1: Cool. the ending was fun i i think the the best parts for me were the beginning and the end the end and then the like first half of the middle section where they're interviewing everybody
0: yeah there like you said earlier there is like a little bit of a, a lull in the middle yeah that i kind of felt like almost like oh are we almost there kind of thing and then yeah. it, and then it kind of like picked up again and i was like oh okay we're still we're in the last act here we have still another like, right 20, it kind of
1: en- like almost ends a couple times but it has like a twist double ending almost yeah triple ending triple ending almost I like twist three times at the end yeah three which, or four times however i don't even know how many times
0: which is good i mean because they, yeah. they make it very apparent oh who you done it's everyone everyone know who like how a who did it kind of movie murder mystery movie goes right right but i think because of that they're like oh we're going to change it but it's like oh that we're going to change it that change has been done so many times as well so we're going to change it again mm-hmm. and then it's like oh i guess that's also have been done so we're gonna change it a fourth time to like really just be like all right now this is it kind of this is the whole thing yeah so
1: it just gets progressively stupider and then it finally ends in like a like oh that's kind of a nice place to end yeah i like who the murderer ends up being because i like what it says about it's a meta commentary on uh whodunits and mystery writing and yeah and like basing your shit your your shit that you write on real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like the exploitation of it all it's actually it's actually like of kind of deep ish cut.
0: Yeah. And like how writers and movie mm-hmm. and producers and directors and everyone kind of take advantage of it, I guess, in a way, to make yeah. to make money. I
1: would say the part where this film like kind of let me down a little bit mm-hmm. is I think and this might be because I've watched Police Squad and the Naked Gun movies so recently. <laughs> I I, I wanted there to be just more jokes per minute.
0: Okay. I did actually like the comedy in this. Um, I liked the comedy too. I just wanted there to be more. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, they had a couple
1: of really nice visual gags, but those kind of got...
0: Again, like in the middle part, it kind of was just like, we're going to be a strictly like murder mystery Mm -hmm. movie, kind of buddy cop movie. So it kind of stopped the jokes. And in the end, again, it picked up with jokes as well. Yeah. I feel like almost as if like the writer wrote the beginning and end, and was just like trying to figure out the middle part and how to connect it all. And
1: they just did the mystery part in the middle, I guess. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I I think I wanted, I don't necessarily want the characters to be as stupid as police squad or naked gun. Yeah. I think I would want them to be right around where they are. I just want more like gags. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there were times where like the scene just wasn't as interesting as it could have been had they had, you know, maybe two or three more things happen that are slightly unexpected. especially since it is a satire or like if they made some like like really meta jokes that could have been more fun like the the joke the one guy makes about his wife not understanding the ending like that's oh, yeah. a very meta joke like if that happened more regularly throughout yeah yeah you know like
0: yeah definitely also quick question do you think the murder the serial killer was jack the ripper well when was jack the ripper was jack the ripper 80s like 1800s jack
1: the ripper is like i don't know 1800s or 1700s it's much older than this movie is uh uh-huh. like then well, the period the this will go. be a set.
0: Look at me <laughs> acting a fool on the on, uh, recording. This is a set in like 1950. 50 i think Mm -hmm. they kind of like set up like um a thing where they they talk about a murder like a serial killer that's going around oh that's right in the beginning and i was kind of thinking like oh is this going to come back later Uh uh-huh
1: or it never does
0: yeah it doesn't so i was kind of wondering if that was going to be a part of the movie or i was thinking like oh maybe it's going to be like a setting up i think that was
1: all just a joke that set up for that one joke oh you think this is all for you nope which again that's another area where that could have been done visually and made more interesting you know who i would have loved to see direct something like this Mm -hmm. um edgar wright edgar wright would have had a ton of fun with the visuals of this
0: yeah i think like edgar wright wes anderson I think it kind of it's, it's totally up their alley of like little quirky yeah. wacky kind of uh murder mystery
1: i feel like the reason this feels so wes anderson-y is just because of socia ronan and adrian brody Though
0: <laughs> i don't know like the editing as style as well is very like wes anderson and the the cinematography was kind of very like, there were
1: some wes anderson-y shots for sure i'm not so sure in the editing but i i don't know editing as well as you so i'll take your word for it
0: well like he uses a lot of like comics editing i feel like and then Mm -hmm. also some of the like uh split screens or different things i feel like those are kind of split screens yeah those felt like kind of wes Mm anderson-y um but yeah i don't know just it kind of felt wes anderson influenced like inspired by wes anderson a little
1: bit i think the visuals definitely were
0: and even some of the jokes i feel like it felt somewhat along the lines of like the grand budapest hotel
1: i could see that yeah
0: for sure even has like i think even the grand budapest hotel has a scene where they're running around the hotel and they're all missing each other i would say or no it might have not have been that one it might have been uh, the french dispatchers but mm-hmm. one of his more recent films had like i would say a, a very similar scene where they're all running around the the movie theater and they're trying that to... was a
1: good that was a good like few shots and for they're sure. just like
0: all missing each other just by like little milliseconds i wanted
1: more of that yeah like... like just some like nice visual gags
0: yeah that was funny that was good um the other
1: thing i thought very early on and maybe less so towards the end but very early on i was thinking like this movie should be shot in black and white it would look so great in black and white because the colors were not really doing much for me and i am colorblind but i could usually tell when there's like a color story going on and i don't think there really was much 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 of a color story going on it was just kind of vaguely colorful but like slightly desaturated when compared to something like Wes Anderson and I kept thinking like oh these certain shots where they have the light like flooding in through the window this way would look so great in like a noir style yeah but then it would be less Wes Anderson-y, I suppose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that the color correction, it, it was very safe in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe because this was the like somewhat directorial debut of this director.
1: He's directed of two TV shows, but he has one TV show that he like
0: created, I think. And from my knowledge, from what you told me, at least, this is like his first, this is his feature, first feature film. Yeah. So I want to say that maybe he's trying to play it safe. I think it was like still well directed and, and like oh, well yeah. written. But I think it was Tom maybe
1: George, I think was
0: his name was a little playing it a little safe. I would say nothing yeah. against it, but it's just, you know, I think it's just going it's just kind of commenting on your color thing. I think if like, this is
1: your floor as a director, your first film. Mm-hmm. If you keep, you know, going up and up. Yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah good good for him or for them yeah so yeah cool I have nothing really else to say because i don't, don't want to say anything else I will say that like we're kind of talking about a good chunk of this film because i feel like we
1: the movie literally asked us not to spoil it so. yeah so
0: i think we we <laughs> are obligated to not spoil the film i would say just check it out and then and, and see it. it it was a fun time i would say yeah so i guess maybe we should just wrap it up then we should give our give our we didn't even given our our ranking yet. so chase tell me tell me what is your concession impression sure my
1: concession impression for this is popcorn nice it's solid i don't think it's like the most memorable or most amazing film ever but i think it is a good time serviceable yeah definitely entertaining
0: i would say too i actually almost said earlier oh this would be a perfect film to watch at home and to have some popcorn and i was gonna say like oh maybe that would be like kind of spoiling how i felt about what concession i would choose for this but yeah I would also agree that I think it's also a popcorn flick like I said popcorn is a good review but it's not the best I think it's it's good film but like we said several times in this episode I think it's not super amazing but it's at least worth one watch yeah definitely cool well I think that's it it's kind of getting a little louder and louder over here because everyone's going home from Universal Studios. But maybe that's an, a sign to just end it there. Alrighty. Okay. On that note, we'll see y'all on the next episode. We uh have a spooky episode coming up. Yep. Yeah. Spooky spooky. So we'll see you then. Ooh. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to Concessional Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. The music in this episode was created by Joe Part. The show logo and editing was done by the Agatha Christie of editing and art, Yumi White. Let us know your concession versions on Twitter and Instagram at film cookbook. Yeah, I think everyone should maybe go see this one because you know, I don't want to spoil the ending. So this is the first time we're going to be doing a spoil free episode. So please check it out. Listen to this episode again after you watch the movie, and uh, I want to hear your thoughts, so let us know on on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, That's all for this week. We're going to be having some spooky episodes coming up for Halloween, so hope you all look forward to that. Till next time, hope you all have a great week. Bye.
1: One thing I, I I wanna say. Okay. <laughs> About twenty minutes into the film, I did feel like the Adrian Brody character was me, and then I was like, Oh my god, someday I'm gonna get murdered for being just like an asshole director type like a vaguely asshole director type
0: wow everyone yeah you just you sound like the director from uh amsterdam just call it, oh yeah i'm like i'm, I'm, I'm like adrian brody <laughs> i
1: don't say i'm not saying i'm like adrian brody i'm saying adrian brody's character as this like douchey american film director who has a lot of opinions about everyone else's stuff uh-huh. is me gotcha. unfortunately
0: well <laughs> Let's hope you don't get murdered, Chase. But I think you'll be fine for now. Yeah. I hope this is not like my uh, confession. confession. (laughs)
1: Your confession impression.
0: Yeah, exactly. (sighs) Bye. Bye.